Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Unto Folly podcast, the only podcast that's invited to the cookout. I'm Alejandro. And I'm Ivan. How's it going? Man, it's uh, it's been a long week. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long week. It's been a long week. It's been a long, long I can't, time. I mean, it, everything's good, though. I yep. mean, mom just came back from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, she's happy to be back. Um... Uh, the kid, I'll tell the, the, the kids that say nothing in paddle crack me up. They're, they're just super funny. Um, they, <laughs> I don't know why, but they, they, they're supposed to do like service hours, right? Yeah. And, uh, a lot of them are already done with their service hours. Oh. But they, they keep coming. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of like mess around like the entire day, which is nice, you know? Yeah. But I'm just kind of like, like you guys just like your numbers just keep growing. Yeah, you guys are uh, just so weird. Yeah, and we had um, our young adult Bible study last night, uh, which is super dope. Um, one of our young adults led it, and uh, it was really great. We we kind of talked on the the theme of um, just uh, poverty uh, and like mm. poverty of hope, um, poverty of security. Yeah, uh, which was super dope. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's how. It's been going on in my life how about you that's what's up that's what's up uh just been working a lot working um did, did some spring cleaning at the newman center so that was that was sick <laughs> that was so nice um yeah we just have there's just i mean any church just kind of gathers like clutter like uh, i don't know i don't know if, i think it might just be a church thing or i don't know but uh yeah so we you know threw out a bunch of stuff um, I'm I'm a really bad person to be put in charge of like cleaning because I'll just throw stuff away. I don't mm. care. I just be like, eh, whenever mm. we use this, toss it, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, which I don't know, most of the stuff was was okay that I threw away, but hey, I guess we'll find out later if we needed it. Yeah. So, father's like, where's this thing? <laughs> <laughs> where's uh, where are my investments? Oh, <laughs> oh, you wanted those? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I thought those were linens. <laughs> tablecloths. Yeah, I thought they were just old tablecloths. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just a lot. Of, and then working a lot at the at the distillery. Uh, recently, I'm I've been becoming obsessed with with the tiki movement. Mm. Kind of wh- why that became a thing. Yeah, like in the the fifties, which is crazy, uh, and it's kind of cool. But yeah. So that's that's kind of what's going on in my life uh, in terms of ministry stuff. Yeah, just doing Bible studies, a lot of Bible studies every week. This week we're having adoration, so it should be cool. Should be cool. Should be cool. Find a good a good steady steady pace with uh, the Bible studies and all that, and uh, it's fun. Having a good time. Exodus ninety sucks, <laughs> um, but we're almost there. Today's day seventy one. So oh yeah, seventy one. Yeah, I think so. I think it's seventy one. So we're out here. Uh, we're almost done. Dang. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Tough time. Tough time. But uh, but it's good. It's good. Fruitful. Fruitful for sure. This episode is called I Don't Want to Be a Player No More. I don't actually know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. Uh, oh, I do know that yeah, song. <laughs> so it's like a big pun song, but it's place is bit, but it samples another song. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so we're actually talking about conversion. Um, so that's kind of the theme of this episode. But to kind of start us off, uh, sound a little spicy. It's not, it's not that spicy. But uh, what's one of the biggest changes of heart you've experienced with an interest or with a hobby or music or something? Right, something that you hated, but now you kind of like it. <laughs> what caused your view to change? I used to not like volleyball, <laughs> <laughs> like at all. I, well, I like I was just really indifferent towards it because I don't know. Like growing up, you feel like you have to feel like you have to play like a manly sport, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so, uh, like, volleyball, like, I just kind of always assumed it was, like, a girls' sport. Yeah. Like, I never actually knew, like, they were, like, men's volleyball teams, like, until, like, I got into, like, high school. Yeah. Um, And then when I saw these guys play, I was just like, oh, shoot, this like, is... It's kind of scary. This is intense. Yeah. Um, And, like, <laughs> but, like, then again, like, I, I still never tried because I was just like, are people going to judge me? Yeah. Uh, so, it actually wasn't until I went to seminary when... um. Like they, they would play every week. Yeah. And uh there was one one of the, the Benedictine monks there that would always play. And yeah. he, he was really good. But he also got really mad at the rest of us because we were all really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like we would like like do like a bad pass or like we would like we would hit the ball wrong and he would just kinda like shake his head at us like a like a really disappointed dad. <laughs> and I was just kinda like, No, I'm gonna get really good. And uh I would watch, like, YouTube videos yeah. on, like, how to, like, hit the ball properly. Dang. And, like, I'm trying to, like, sp learn how to spike the ball when, like, no one's looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't get freaking, like, over the net because, like, they would, like, they would play, like, the, the regulation size. Yeah, uh, dang. And, like, I could, like, my, my, little, my little fingers could barely make it over. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, I but like I don't know that, that the feeling of like someone thinking that I sucked like really like motivated me to yeah. <laughs> to like really try it. to learn the sport. Yeah. But I mean, and then you got good, and then I'm I'm really not. I just and then you went pro. Yeah, <laughs> I played D one. D one. I just learned out of seminary to go play D one. Yeah. For whatever college has a really good volleyball yeah. team. I mean, uh, hate sand volleyball. Sand volleyball is tough because I can't move around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sand volleyball is really tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, and my, then you're uh, all dusty afterwards. You're all dusty and, and then you're sweaty, and so the sand just like sticks to you. Yeah, and then like you go to put your shoes back on, and like it's just it's just sand. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. Yeah, volleyball. Volleyball's fun. My my net team went through like a volleyball phase because mm -hmm. we had a lot of people who had played volleyball, but we kind of we kind of had a we kind of had to take a chill pill because um, yeah, some of us would be really competitive, and then we get mad at the people that suck, <laughs> <laughs> and then we, and then you know we'd have yeah we were like okay maybe maybe we're the ones that are the problem not the <laughs> people that suck. Am I the drama? <laughs> you know, and I was like, uh, we're probably the jerks, you know. So cool, but what what caused what caused like your opinion of volleyball to change? It got fun, like yeah. like eventually when I actually started kind of learning like the rules and like yeah, yeah, yeah. like kind of like the technical side of it. Like I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so like like when I like when when like that specific like uh, brother like would pass me the ball and I'd like go up to spike it. Yeah. And like, he would like, like, be like that was good. And I'd be like, oh, I can retire now. <laughs> like goodbye guys. But there's like, I've peaked, you know, it's just like, like, you know, once you kind of like practice a little and like really just get to like learn how to play with other people. Like, yeah, like it, it, it's just a super fun yeah. game to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than me just like trying to act like I know how and right trying to spike the ball and then running into the net like an idiot yeah <laughs> or like like when we, i would play with jacob yeah our, our buddy jacob and like he would want to like spike the ball and i'd be like all right i'll set you the ball and then i would it would be like the worst set <laughs> in the world and he would just like he's like in that like position yeah he's like ready. he's ready to jump and then like he sees the ball just fly that way and then it's he like just kind of like completely different direction he like unfolds his body and he's just kind of like it's like well you suck. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Yeah. But then Jacob's also really good at basketball. So. Yeah. I always have to say mean stuff to him whenever we play. Yeah. You kind of have to. In general, just say mean yeah. stuff. Soccer was the only sport that I kind of had him in. But Jacob's also just kind of naturally athletic. Yeah. So he picks it up fairly quick. Yeah. But that was the only real game I could kind of bully him in when we were in seminary. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He should have just, I don't know, torn his. You know, ACL. what was another one, uh, cricket. Cricket. Yeah, we Did had a. Cricket? There was a guy. Um, 
who was from shoot it's not india uh it's one of those republic though. of congo no 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 <laughs> what <laughs> i don't know it's um i can't think of it but they play cricket right and so yeah. he has Is it like, like a, England or something. No, it's not England. He it's it's like it's like Indian Sri Lankan. Oh yeah, Sri Lankan. Yeah, Sri Lankan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like he grew up playing cricket, and he had like the super nice like cricket bat, and he had like the little wicks and everything. Yeah. And like eventually, like he like convinced a like a group of us to like play, and uh, I could not hit the freaking ball. <laughs> like I, I could not hit it to save my life. Uh, but this is also like during uh like COVID. Yeah. And so like a lot of the other sports, like, like we, they told us we weren't allowed to play cause we'd be in such close contact with one another. Dang. Um, and like, I, I would go like, you know, whenever they play just like, you know, I can get some exercise. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, like there was a part of me that just wanted to like, just freaking throw the bat. And I think he <laughs> could tell. And he's just kind of like, I've been, if you throw that bat and it breaks, you owe me $2,000. <laughs> I was like, that's how much this thing costs? And he's like, yeah. And I was just like. It's a piece of wood. And he was just like, well, no, my bet's a little cheaper. But if you break that one, I want to buy a more expensive one. Uh. <laughs> but man, dude, like. And it's funny because you'll have like some of the guys that like played baseball. Yeah. And like the technique is different. So you you see them struggle a little bit at the beginning too. They yeah. picked it up a lot faster than, than most. But um, I hated cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hated it. But again, like once, like I actually like when I hit that first ball, yeah, and I'm just kind of like I'm the greatest to ever do it, like, and, <laughs> and uh, it was funny because like then like like you really got interested in like playing like like on the defensive end, yeah, and uh, like I I really like pitching, like uh, like because like if you like if you knock the little like wicks down, yeah, yeah, like that like they're out and like the the team switches, yeah, um, and uh, I like. I would, I would like, I don't know. I don't think I was like, my pitches were anything good, but a lot of people couldn't hit my pitches for whatever reason. Dang. And, uh, like the guy that, that, that would play, he's just like, this, like, that's it's like, that's your spot. Like that's your position. <laughs> You've got something kid. Yeah. And it was just my little ray of sunshine during COVID. Dang. That's what's up. Dang cricket. I played, um, croquet. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tight. Um, it's pretty much kind of like. It's like, like pool, like I golf guess. and pool. Yeah, but the best is when like your ball lands to like right next to somebody else's ball, mm-hmm. and you, you just whomp their ball <laughs> as hard as you can, and it's amazing. And so I would only just play for that. But uh, for me, what's something that uh, I used to hate and now I really like? Honestly, it's probably like um, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of bad. I don't have a drinking problem, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I used to just not like the taste of alcohol. And I was like, I just want, like, I don't know, stuff that tastes good. Yeah. Um, which is fair, you know. I, I didn't really grow up drinking a lot of alcohol, um, you know, even as a Mexican. Um, I don't know. Especially beer. I hated beer. It tastes mm-hmm. like pee. I still kind of think it tastes like pee. But... um yeah, I don't know. I, I think what happened is, one, I started working at a distillery, and then I just learned about, like, the process of making, like, stuff like, like whiskey and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. th- people people spend thousands of dollars and years of their life to produce this. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and especially if it's, like, aged and stuff, like, in a barrel, and it's, like, so much space and time. It's like, well, then it has to be good, right? Or maybe this is all a lie and it all tastes terrible. And we're all just lying to ourselves. Uh, but I don't know. It, was, it just kind of blew my mind. Of uh, how, Oh, my God. Ah, God's calling. That's awkward. Well, who was it? I don't know. It, like, rang and then immediately hung up. Dang, creepy. This is the Haunted Podcast. It's the episode everyone's been waiting for. Finally, the spoopy <laughs> the spoopy episode but uh oh yeah that'd be tight we need we need a spoopy episode someone yeah. someone asked for one yeah but that's someone they don't know what they're asking they don't for. know what they're asking for um but yeah alcohol and so you know and uh yeah i just got so intrigued and then after that i started to to learn ways to taste because my thing was like i don't like 
I don't like when things burn. So I was like, no me gusta. Uh, when I would like drink alcohol, and I'm like, ouch, it, it hurted. So <laughs> ah, this hurt. It, it hurt it. Uh, it hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Like a butt cheek on a stick. <laughs> like a mother trucker, dude. A mother trucker, dude. That hurt like a butt <laughs> cheek on a stick. On a stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. And then kind of same thing, like learning the process, learning like there's a technique to it. And learning that like if you're drinking aged stuff, like there's something historic about it. I don't know. Especially like things like bourbon and stuff and just very American it's like that's that's American history right there. Like, you know, it's li- uh, liquid history. It is, dude. It's crazy. And I'm like, dang, that's wild. <laughs> um, and then, you know, getting into cocktails and stuff like that is its own history and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think what what caused my view to change is, is learning more about it and honestly realizing how much goes into the stuff. Yeah. And also, like, uh, just just tasting and finding my best like my preference in tasting things because there's people that's like yeah you have to like you know have to <laughs> swirl it around your mouth and just let it burn your taste buds i don't i personally don't like tasting like that um so i i still i don't know i still want to have my taste buds so uh so yeah i don't know i think you know find it putting my own experience into it and then boom, I just became, a and man. I am becoming, I became a man <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I just became obsessed with all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it was a, a funny one that I just thought of. Yeah. Uh, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. Yeah. I mean, everyone hated Justin Bieber. Yeah, when but Loki, we liked it, but Loki, that's, but that's the thing though. Loki baby that, was a banger. That's the, but that's the thing. That's the, like we, we did all like it. None of us were going to admit we liked it though. Yeah. It's fine. Until, until, until he dropped that one album. Which one? Uh, was it Purpose? The one that was just like, after he dropped that album, it, w- it was okay to like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember seeing like this, I don't know, if, I don't know if Vine still existed back then. It was like one of those little like videos uh-huh. uh, and it like, it'd be like, you know, it's like 2010, like when Justin Bieber came out. And like, like you'd hear like baby in the background and the guy would be like, turn that gay music off. <laughs> and then it's like now that like, like with this new album turn out it up. and he's like, is that Justin Bieber? And he turns around, he's wearing this like, like concert shirt from his like, like tour, like when he was a kid, but like, it doesn't even fit him. Like you could tell yeah. him like it belonged to like his daughter or something. Yeah. And like half of his belly is showing. He's like, oh, turn that music up. <laughs> That's good music. Oh, oh. <laughs> Is it too late now to say sorry? (laughs) (laughs) That's true, bro. He slaps. Bro, I woke up. And now he's Christian. And now he's Christian. And he put out that uh, that one, like, little, I don't know if it's technically a worship song, but it's about God. Um, Oh, shoot. Uh, Is it? Where do I fit in? Peaches? Where do I fit in? No, it's not Peaches. Is it ghost? <laughs> holy ghost? Holy holy ghost? Uh where do I fit in? Yeah. Is it lonely? A little bit. Lonely's a good song. It is a really good song. He, he's he's like he's yodeling. It's kind of the same vibe. Yeah. It's kind of the same vibe. It's like I'm lonely. But Nobody understands. More me. about Jesus. Mm. Dang. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Facts mm-hmm. no printer. Mm-hmm. Stephanie uh that's definitely get gets her gets a riser gets gets her it's ginger gets in gets in gets in guten tizer guten tag <laughs> something great song though uh, all these great songs uh, Drake is also one of the thing one of the ones for me I think after I got older I realized how much I actually really like Drake yeah and then I was like why was I trying to hide this from people you know yeah you mentioned that on one of the other podcasts too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Drake I love Drake I don't I don't like his new stuff I don't like the stuff where he's like trying to be like like an actual rapper it's weird well, we talked about it too it's like the like after take care like yeah that, that was kind of his peak yeah 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 and then if you're reading this uh that was also a good one yeah you know, maybe we should do it we should do an album review uh, uh, for drake yeah we should do an album review at some point if you hey if you're listening you want an album review uh post it in the comments <laughs> email us at untopolypod at gmail uh dm us on insta slam <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah. So it's about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time. I don't want to be a player no more. So we're gonna be talking about conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the first step is talk about your conversion story. Like what what led up to you having this change of heart in your life? Like what what happened after what, what was going on in your life? Yeah. All that jazz. Mm, well, obviously there's a lot of like you know, conversion stories I could talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think like, I, we have talked about it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, um, I want to. I'm. I'm going to talk about you know, like me leaving seminary and the, the kind of Ooh. the conversion process that came from that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, you know, in seminary, and I and I mentioned this before. Like you, you, you're hold to a certain standard. Yeah. And. Um, you know, seminary, you know, in a sense, it's kind of like the military, like at least on a spiritual level, this Mm. idea that like the seminary is breaking you down to like, in a sense, build you back up. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really think, well, I know now, but I I didn't really understand the, (laughs) the, the seriousness of, of this, of this breaking. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would always hear them talk about it in seminary be like, yeah, that's so cool. Um, until like, you know, like God actually just kind of like, you know, breaks you, you know, you know, out of love, of course. Yeah. Um, that's not that fun. It, yeah. It kind of, it hurts. Uh, a little bit. yeah, but it's funny cause, um, one of the priests, he's the, the, the priest that wrote, um, to, to save a thousand souls. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he gave us a retreat one time and he told us, I was just like, like, and he told us, he said, uh, like this is supposed to be difficult. Like, yeah. like seminary is heart surgery. Like if you don't feel Dang. like the lacerations and, and cuts uh, on your heart, then, then you're not doing this right. Um, Dang. And I was just like, geez, dude, that's sucks. No anesthesia. No anesthesia. Just open heart surgery. No anesthesia. Yeah. No, none of that. She's not even there. She's not even there, bro. She Heck. doesn't even know. She doesn't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think eventually, you know, and, and I've mentioned that, like, you know, my struggles with mental, mental illness before, um, you know, like the, this, this idea to become a priest, like at some point just like felt impossible to me. Mm. Um, and little by little, everything started feeling impossible to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like there was just like zero, zero hope in my life and like zero, like, um, drive and uh to the point you know where i was diagnosed with a major depression uh diagnosed with um uh like anxiety uh and i mean i would like i would spend like days like up at night like Mm -hmm. i I was they get like you know i I was like borderline insomnia um and uh like my whole world just kind of fell apart like right there in the middle like of some of my like you know seminary journey and of course, I had a lot of people in the process that helped me out a lot, you know, like, you mm. know, my vocation directors and my bishop and, you know, the, the staff and, my, my, of course, my fellow seminarians um, uh, at the time. And uh, there was a moment um, when I was at St. John's and uh, I it was my, my first year of theology and I loved it. Everything that I was learning was super cool. Like the, the the new seminar I was at was really cool. The professors were really cool. The guys were really cool. Um, but man, like every day, like I felt exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, I realized that it was because like I felt like I had to like just be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just like just do the bare minimum and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but it bothered me that doing the bare minimum left me so exhausted after each day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like while I was there, I was speaking to a therapist and I had my spiritual director and, um, you know, they, they would, they would walk with me and guide with me. But like, uh, I, I went into the chapel one time, um, for, for our holy hour. And I just like, I just started crying (laughs) and I was like, God, like, like, I don't know how long I can keep this up. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how long I can just, like, keep pretending to be okay. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, like, in the silence of my heart, like, I, I really felt him speak to me and just kind of tell me, he's like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to fall apart. Like, mm. like, like come back home and, like, we'll, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll pick up the pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think, like, I was ever filled with so much hope 
mm-hmm. like after that moment, like in, for a very long time anyways. And, yeah. I, and I tell people like the same like reassurance and same like hopefulness and security that I felt when God called me in a seminary was the same emotions I felt when God was calling me out. Um, which was really, which in a sense, it was heartbreaking because one, I, I really wanted to be a priest. Right. Yep. And uh, two, I really liked the, you know, the environment, all the guys and what I was mm-hmm. learning. But um, I also knew that God was calling me into deeper healing mm-hmm. and to deeper um, union with him. Um, and, you know, obviously I've been back for a few months now and, uh, you know, I've, I've experienced that healing that, yeah. you know, he, he was, he, he had promised me and um, he, he, he's doing so like many marvelous things in my life. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds obviously. Mm. Uh, but there was a moment of conversion there where like, I could just trust God was going to take care of me again. And it was something that I had lost, you know, for so long. Um, and, uh, especially like with this last Sunday being, you know, <laughs> the prodigal son yeah. um it's you know it was just reassuring like to to just kind of like be embraced and and mm. by the father again yeah but that, uh, that's the story i had dang yeah and um i think as once i share my story we'll get into uh some more meat and potatoes uh some some catechism uh and i think we'll see some parallels but I think for me, the one that I think of is, um, I don't know, I would consider kind of like my, probably my main, not my main conversion, because I was already like Catholic and a practicing Catholic when I experienced this conversion, but the one that like, I think prepared me for discipleship, right? Where I actually, you know, felt like a disciple, like, um, and this was at a silent retreat in Alhambra with the Carmelite sisters. This was, uh, when was it? it was like spring of 2020. So it was like before COVID, right before COVID. Um, and I had already decided that I was going to be a net missionary. It's around the same time that I had my interview and all that stuff. And um, and it was just kind of this moment. So that, that entire weekend for the silent retreat, like immediately I started experiencing just like conversion and just mystical, crazy uh, things and, um, and I don't, and I don't, I, it's kind of hard to explain, but I think, I think what happened was that, uh, I think for the first time in my life, I had enough silence to actually experience the fullness of grace of all the sacraments that I'd received. And, and it just kind of exploded like in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the fact, it made a lot of sense. But during it, I was like, "What? What is going on?" I'm like, "I'm I'm like here, but I'm not even here." And I was like, "I did not know this level of intimacy with God was possible, mm. and this level of prayer was possible." And that's also when I like fell in love with Saint Therese, um, and and it was just kind of this explosion of grace in my life, and I finally just like understood the gospel, like for the first time ever, like in my life. And I realized that I, I never knew the gospel in a sense. Like yeah. I didn't know the simplicity of it, but also the, just the drama of, of the gospel and that like Jesus, you know, God, God, the father gives up Jesus so that I may be made new. Uh, and that Jesus does this in me in me accepting Jesus into my life. Right. And during that weekend, it's like I I recognize that like I I like God can make me new. I just need to accept Jesus in my life. Like it, this isn't like an effort. Like is it? It isn't the work of my own hands to make myself new. Like I can't work to make myself new on my own. Rather, I need to accept Jesus, and He does that within me. And so again, it was a message of hope for me because I think I think leading up to that point, I was trying so hard to be holy but that it was like work of my hands mm. that I needed to like, I don't know. I needed to do works to be holy rather than accept Jesus. And he gives me the grace to be holy. And that's the only way that I could be holy is just by being more like him. Right. Uh, and then coming out of that weekend, like it, it was a, 
I don't know. Like my life was completely different. Like I started to have a desire to evangelize even more. Um, that it was just kind of, it was just kind of springing forth. Like it, it wasn't something that like I was really thinking about it, but it just, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think in many ways it just kind of um, fueled uh, and, you know, set on fire, like a desire for discipleship. Um, and I don't know after that, like I was like, I, I felt like I wasn't the same person and that what honestly felt like, like my actual conversion in a sense, because that's when I like, I discovered just incredible intimacy with, with Jesus. And, and he just revealed to me that I like, I, I can be holy, like through him, I can be holy. And, um, and it's, it's not me that has to conjure this holiness up and create it, but rather cooperating with his will and conforming myself more to him. That is what makes me holy. Right. Uh, and he's the one who's already done the work. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that was probably the most impactful conversion in my life. Um, and yeah, are we ready for some catechism? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the catechism. Not that I read the catechism a lot. Um, sometimes I do. I go through phases. Nerd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but this, this it's, um, so this entire section, I'm not going to read the entire section. I'm just going to read like one or two paragraphs, but it's, uh, 1427 to 1433. And it's about like, uh, it's about interior repentance and like conversion, like conversion to the baptized, I think is what it's called. Um, but this section here is interior repentance and it says interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a, a conversion to God with all our heart an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance toward the evil actions we have committed. At the same time, it entails the desire and resolution to change one's life with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of his grace. This conversion of heart is accompanied by a salutary pain and sadness, which the fathers called animi cruciatus, affliction of spirit, and compunctio cordis, repentance of heart. Uh, And then it continues to say, the human heart is heavy and hardened. God must give man a new heart. Conversion is first of all a work of the grace of God who makes our hearts turn to him. Restore us to thyself, O Lord, that we may be restored. God gives us the strength to begin anew. It is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. So, immediate thoughts. It's really beautiful. Isn't it? I I don't know. Like, I always think of, um, you know, Christ in, in, in the gospel. Like, he always, like, like retreats, mm-hmm. um, you know, into the wilderness to, like, you know, like, be with God, right? Yeah. And uh, I think um, uh, th- there's that episode of The Chosen yeah. where, uh, like, his apostles are around, like, the campfire and, like, they're just, like, fighting yeah arguing with one another uh while jesus is going like uh, he's like out there like healing people and mm-hmm. people are coming from all over and eventually like they're in the middle of a fight to the point where it looks like they're about to punch each other in the face yes yeah, and like it. they just see like jesus coming and he's like gasping and like he just looks exhausted yeah um and uh like you know being like working you know in a church like being like working in ministry and mm-hmm. you know we we both see it it's just like like it like it takes a lot like mm-hmm. and um you know we we like oftentimes there's a lot of a heartbreak that kind of comes with it because you say like you see like yeah. you know people that you know are you know scared to to come in relationship with god or mm-hmm. you know they they just don't care and uh you know you you pour out your heart yeah um and in, in hopes that they can see the the beauty and 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 uh the the, the majesty and, and mercy of God in, in your life. Um, and sometimes, you know, like it, it, do, it something happens, right. And, mm. and other times it just, you know, yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It <laughs> and, um, and you know, you, you, you're kind of left with a sense of just heartbreak. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Um, and little by little you, you have this, this sense of fatigue. Right. And, uh, uh, exhaustion. Um, 
Yeah. But I mean, even like, like I was feeling this way uh, yesterday yeah. uh, at work. Um, and, you know, I went to mass at, at 4 p.m. And like for the first time in a while, like after mass, I just I just sat there. Mm. And like I just like I was like, oh, Jesus, I just I just got to stay here for a second. Mm. <laughs> um, but like like this is conversion, right? It's like this yeah. is like the handing over of of our wounds and and yeah and and uh our our scars and and saying like like hey this is this is yours this is right. yours now um and uh sure enough like he like he fills us up right you know like you know the, like a wellspring um yeah and uh um you know ultimately like that that filling up of the holy spirit like like that's when you begin to see like the changes in your life mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh and it's it's difficult because it's like it's not something that you can conjure up on your own, mm-hmm. right? And I think that creates even more of a burden, um, and and that's not the gospel. Right? Yeah, the gospel is not um, making yourself feel bad for your sins, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in a sense, like there exists that paradox that, like, in order for me to actually experience contrition, I I need to just have more of Jesus because he creates in me, right? And the Holy Spirit creates in me perfect contrition. This isn't created just on my own because then that contrition is going to be incredibly imperfect and rather like it's going to be a wounded love of self, Mm -hmm. right? That it's like, I'm sorry that I messed up and it's just that, right? But rather the Holy Spirit takes it and says, um, turns it into, I'm sorry for having offended somebody that I love. Mm. And I think that's a that's a more impactful and perfect form of contrition that I think that I realized I was missing because like growing up in the church and I, I realized I had this like really broken idea that I needed to in some way work for my salvation or mm-hmm. work for the forgiveness of God. And so, so many of the confessions that I went to in my early adulthood, young adulthood, yeah. I felt so unsatisfied after because I felt like I deserve, I deserve more <laughs> penance. Yeah. You know, I was like, I deserve... I deserve some sort of thirty work. lashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think of SpongeBob, <laughs> the eyelashes. Yeah, thirty lashes. Thirty lashes. <laughs> 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 and uh, but and then I, I realized one day, and I don't know when this was, but it was a moment of clarity that God revealed to me that it's like that's the point, right? Mm. At, that's the that's the point of reconciliation, right? is that you're receiving mercy and you're not receiving what you think that you deserve because you're not God. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Say that again. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not God. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I don't know. And, it, and I found, and it's one thing that I'm realizing now, especially how, how much of that feeling of that I have to work for it, mm-hmm. uh, work for forgiveness or work for my salvation still exists. Yeah. Um, as I try to conjure up these feelings of contrition or conjure up, like I feel bad that I don't feel bad. Mm. Right. And it's like, and that completely ignores God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well in focusing on Jesus. Right. And it, and it's, and this says this, let us fix our eyes on Christ's blood and understand how precious it is to his father for poured out for our salvation. It has brought to the whole world, the grace of repentance mm. that, the devil is in a sense winning if he gets us to focus just on ourselves. And that's yeah. the one way that we're not going to experience conversion. Yeah. That if we want to con- experience transformation, that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and he creates in us this transformation. Um, uh, and, and it makes sense, like at least in, in my conversion, because it's the, uh, it honestly, it was just a grace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that this was just created in me. I, there was no, all I had to do was just kind of go. And, and be there, right? Um, but all of the, it, and that's why it kind of blew my mind so much is that this was all just a grace that was just exploding in my life. And I was like, man, there's nothing that I did really to earn this. <laughs> uh, and this is just kind of happening. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts? I, I will say there was a, I was on a retreat and uh, one of the exercises that my, like the retreat master had me do was, um, he says, like, when you go pray, like, avoid using the word I. Mm. And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> you 
and like I wouldn't pray and like I was like like I like the amount of times that I use like I like like I kept like it kept interrupting my prayer and I was like what the heck and like I went to go talk to him about it it's just like and he just told me it's like oftentimes like we can see how one-sided our prayers are to God yeah um and we always say I I I right rather mm. than you know you we us right and yeah. uh like it, it, it like that it kind of showed me in the same sense that you were speaking like that that idea that I had to count on myself yeah I had I had a bet on myself and like if 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 I if I wasn't going to do it like like there's no there's no way right there's no chance right um and it's I think it's something that a lot of people um are going to struggle with like in like in the spiritual journey mm -hmm. right and um it's a uh, right I mean for me right now I think that's the toughest thing yeah like above anything else I think that's the toughest thing to just let go of mm -hmm. yeah because it's painful <laughs> uh, at least having you know um having this attitude of of, of conversion and, and constantly inviting conversion i think becomes a, a difficult thing because we have to want it in a sense right um and and i think that that's hard because it's like well we need jesus to want it mm. right and if we're so focused on ourselves then we won't even have that desire to want conversion yeah uh, and so what, what do you think, um, what are, what are things that like we can do, or you think things that have worked, um, to desire more God or to like put ourselves in that place to experience that grace of conversion? Mm. Well, I think, um, like fasting is one, obviously, you mm. know, we're, we're in Lent, but, um, yeah. you know, you, you see how attached you are to things. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh. I've been listening to the the the, the CFRs from the the Poco e Poco yeah. uh, podcast, and uh, these guys literally like literally go into the desert <laughs> like for Lent. Thing really? Yeah, like they that like one of the guys. Then they they talked about it in this last podcast, but like one of the guys literally like passed out on them, and like <laughs> they had to like helicopter him out like to Dang, yeah, man. dude, it was nuts. Um, but like. Obviously, like the these men like live a very like radical detachment from a lot right. of like material goods. Yeah. Um, and uh, even the other day in prayer, you know, we're we're starting to incorporate like a lot of just like personal time in prayer in our Bible studies. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, like like I remember just writing in my journal, and I was just like, like I just I want, <laughs> like like I want to want you, you know, yeah. like I want to be indifferent to all these other things in in my life. Um, and all these other, you know, like things that I find comfort in. Um, and like, I just, I just want, you know, like you, mm -hmm. like, and I want, um, and, and I don't, and I don't want anything to like, like come before you, uh, right. because there's many things in my life that honestly do right now. Yeah. Um, so like to, to actually fast intentionally mm -hmm. and, you know, identify something and say like, like. I trust in you more than I trust in God. Yeah. So I need to let you go. Yeah. Which is, it's tough. It's, it's tough, but, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's an action worth taking. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I think it gets in, into this idea of, you know, I don't want to be a player no more. I don't, no don't want to be a player no more. Like there's this decision that must be made. Right. Yeah. Obviously in that song. Um, and the song that I think of is called, um, it's neither of those songs. Uh, but it's called Playa's Change of Heart by John Gibbs. Of course. And he's like a Christian. At least he was a Christian rapper. I don't think he's really all that Christian anymore. Um, and, But it talks about this of like him, him wrestling of like, you know, I want God, but, um, you know, I, I don't know how that, how that's going to work. Yeah. And it's kind of this struggle of like, I know God can create this thing in me, but I actually have to want it. And I need to make that decision to let go of the things that keep me from wanting it. Um, but at the same time, Jesus, more of Jesus makes me want more of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point there's still that, that decision that needs to be made, right? That there, it is a rat interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion, right? Um, and, and I think it's it's exemplified through the story of the prodigal son, right? Mm. That like it did take this great effort of the son 
turning back and going to the father, but also the father was already there, yeah. right? Uh, that the father, in a sense, couldn't even help himself to wait for the son to get mm-hmm. to the house, right? For whatever reason, he's already outside. Like, we outside, we outside. We outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he runs to him, right? That that's the nature of the father. That th- as soon as we, that, that that's probably the hardest part, right, is making that decision and saying that, like, God, God is better than these things that I am trying to replace him with. Mm-hmm. And making that decision. And after that, like kind of grace takes control. And we realize that, that God is very much there and that he can't help but be there for us. Um, and and he gives us all the all the grace. But um I think in that sense, like that's probably the that's probably the extent of like the most that you could do to create interior mm. repentance, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's that it's that turning away. Um, and I think that that looks different in, in many people's lives. Right. I think doing Exodus 90, you start to see like the small things and it's like, I didn't, I didn't know I'd have to turn away from YouTube. I didn't, I didn't know that YouTube, like watching bartending videos on YouTube would have such an impact on my relationship with God, Mm -hmm. but it does. Right. Because I try to replace him with that. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's kind of the same thing, like in fasting and in, in giving up these things out of love for God, you start to see the the impact that it has right. on your relationship with him. And then after after that turning away, then you can find the point of virtue of like, okay, how much of this can I actually mm. do, consume while still, you know, loving God yeah. and not letting this, you know, take me away from him. Yeah. Um, but it's tough, man. Yeah. And I think like, I think that's like a really like important point that you just made right there, because uh, obviously like God wants our whole hearts, mm-hmm. you know, undivided heart. Um, and, you know, they're like, like you said, it's with virtue, with prudence, like you'll be able to, you know, um, participate in things that, you know, won't really affect your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some things like you will just have to let go. Right. Yeah. Like, because like, you know, you know, you are who you are and, and Facts. you know, that's, you know, so I stopped playing Call of Duty. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, like, I can, like, I can think of a ton of stuff off the top of my head that I was like, I can't, I can't have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and honestly, one of them is video games. Like, I bought the Switch, and I, like, I spent so much time on it. And I was like, okay, like, I have to get rid of this now. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm I'm going to end up, like, giving it to, you know, St. Anthony and Padua for the youth room. And, you know, Dang. Um, but like, you know, that, like, and that's what, you know, and I think that's why we're so lucky to have this season of Lent. Right. Um, because you begin to see, I think it was St. Augustine that says like fasting, um, helps clear the mind and see mm. like the reality in front of you or some, something around those lines. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to like, honestly say it's like, could, can this be a part of my life without compromising my relationship with God? Right. Yeah. And and what I also think of is like, it is a difficult thing to desire God mm. and like in your life. Yeah. And, and I, and this is, I'm experiencing now on Exodus because like you have to do a holy hour. And I realized I've spent so many holy hours where I wasn't actually desiring God. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds bad, but mm-hmm. that like, um, which makes a lot of sense because I, I don't even know. I think it's like Ignatian. Um, one of the books that I have on Ignatian meditation contemplation or something. One of those guys that says like desire God in this moment or something. And I always read that and I'm like, what? if I'm praying, why wouldn't? Okay. You know, like, I mean, you, if you're praying, I okay, you say Ignatian. <laughs> what do you, come on, man. Um, but I realized how, how easy it is to pray and not actually desire the presence of God yeah. in that moment. Because I think subconsciously I know what that means. Right. Right. Um, if I desire God, then that means I'm going to have to be in the presence of the perfect and I am imperfect and I don't want to feel imperfect at that time. Fair <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, well, how about we just don't desire God? Um, but that, you know, but recognizing that he like, he's still there, whether I acknowledge him or don't acknowledge him, he's still there. Um, and I can never hide from him. Um, but again, kind of the, what is the solution to that is, to just simply desire more God, Mm. like to just recognize that like, if I, if I want to desire God, 
I need God to create this in me. So yeah. all I need to do is just, you know, abandon and surrender this to him. And um, in doing that, he he starts to create that in me. He gives me the grace to create that in me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think to, to end up with a little bit of hope is just recognizing that if we want to experience, especially as we're drawing to kind of near the end of, of the Lent season, mm-hmm. to create in us, if we want God to create in us conversion and repentance and true contrition, then we need to allow him to do that in us, right? Yeah. Uh, he is the perfection. And and I encountered this in, in the, the story of the prodigal son. He is the perfection of the the younger and the older son. Mm-hmm. That whether, wherever we find ourselves in that parable, whether we see ourselves as the older son or the younger son, uh, he perfects both, right? He's a son who was you know was made to be sinned but never actually sinned yeah. comes back to the father and unites us perfectly never leaves the father yeah uh and serves the father his entire life right and is completely obedient and so wherever we find ourselves he perfects us he creates that conversion within us and creates in us this, this desire for more of him so yeah don't don't let the the devil fool you <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying yeah anything else Nah, I think we're good. I think we're Gucci. Also, thanks for listening. Um, make sure to to like and subscribe. Um, if you have any questions or anything that you would like for us to do an episode on, just send us uh, send us a DM on Insta, uh, Untofali Podcast or whatever it is, or email us at untofalipod at gmail. Thanks for listening. Yeah, real quick though, shout out to uh, uh, Anna Dam. She's the one that sent us that super dope DM Anna on Dam. Insta. Uh, we love we love hearing how the podcast affects your life. So Facts. like like uh, you know keep sharing, keep sharing, and always act, act a fool. fool.